0: welcome back to the sporting around the world podcast episode 27 sports in slovenia my name is bobby and joining me as always is david i think a good place to start with this one is to clarify that there are two countries in europe with very similar names and flags we're talking about slovenia today not slovakia
1: yeah uh slovenia and slovakia i guess are pretty similar is there a reason why they're so similar is it uh any correlation
0: at all? Yeah, it's just Slavic people groups. Mm. They're not bordering each other, so I guess it it just developed over time. They had those names, but it's derived from the same thing. Where it gets confusing, I read articles that prime ministers of uh or world leaders of other countries would get them confused in interviews in the most recent FIFA World Cup qualifying cycle. They were in the same group, naturally. <laughs> and then uh t- March 2018, the prime ministers of both countries resigned in the same week
1: (laughs) i felt uh, you know it's one of those things that if you were talking to someone and you said you know slovenia and slovakia you know obviously those are two very different things but i guess in situations like that where it's like okay which prime minister resigned or like you know all right which which team is playing in this group stage that they're sharing the same pool it it could be tough
0: like with sports you just look at the flags and like crap (laughs) they're the same (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think Russia and Croatia were in that group too, so it was like red, white, and blue just everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we like to start these country episodes off with a little bit of background before we get into the sports. So if you've never heard of Slovenia, don't worry, we got you covered. It's in Central Europe, it's bordered by Italy to the west, Austria to the north, Hungary to the northeast, and Croatia to the east and south. And they also have a small coastline in the southwest with the Adriatic Sea. Which eventually leads into the Mediterranean. It's only like a twenty nine mile coastline, so not very big. Yeah, just a little little strip. Little strip of okay, coastline. Yeah. Honestly, you wouldn't even notice it just looking at the map. But really unique location. Because they think of all the different cultures that their neighbors have. They're really at the crossroads of like Latin Europe, the Germanic part of Europe, and then Slavic Europe. So if you're looking for a place to go, you want to experience it all, Slovenia.
1: Yeah, if you would have asked me. First of all, where I thought Slovenia was, I would not have guessed where it is. But I don't know why. I don't have a good reason for it. There's no thing in my head that I don't know what I thought was right beside Italy. But um, yeah, it seems like a really good place to kind of you're like right there, you know, step into Italy, northern Italy, go up into Austria. It seems like it's a really good
0: location. Yeah, I mean, is it Central Europe? Is it Southern? Is it is it Eastern Europe? Look, people don't really know because it was part of Yugoslavia, and that's kind of East Europe. But then, I don't know. It's a weird spot. But uh, geographically, a lot of forests and also a lot of mountains, because you have the Alps in the north part of the country. Uh, Most notably, it's the Julian Alps. And that range has Slovenia's highest peak, which is called Triglav. It's 2,864 meters or 9,396 feet. And it's also a really important symbol of Slovenia. So you can look on the flag or the coat of arms, which is on the flag. Triglav is on it. It's a little mountain range there. David, I guess looking at the picture of the mountain and then looking at the name, you could put two and two together, or you should put three and three together as to what the name means. Three, three peaks. Yes, yes. We got three little peaks all about the same height, but then the, the flag, the symbol, the three peaks. Yeah, three colors, three colors on the flag, too, you know, uh, the three is everywhere. I mm. In the tricolor flags, that's just common everywhere. That's true.
1: It's not really like a. That's not a new like a brand new thing. I think everyone's running three colors. It seems that's
0: what the cool kids do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, we mentioned mountains and forests. Uh, climate-wise, Slovenia has all the seasons, all four seasons. If you move further away from the coast or you go up in elevation, the summers won't be as hot, and the winters are going to be a bit colder. But there's also a lot of precipitation, so it gets snowy.
1: Yeah, I feel like snow is nice until like. At- uh, it's very pretty to look at. Sometimes it gets in your way, though, you know, if it's uh, on the ground too long. But um,
0: yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind being near the Alps. Seems nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of biodiversity in this country, too. Uh, they got brown bears, which is one of my favorite animals. And apparently the Adriatic Sea has bottlenose dolphins. Which I, I didn't. I, don't know, I just never would have thought about.
1: Yeah, I, I have no reason to not believe that that's true, but it seems odd. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and that's like that's like stereotypical dolphin too. I was thinking maybe it was gonna be like a weird looking dolphin. No, that's just like yeah, that is token dolphin, you know, appearance.
0: Yeah, I think we're both uh the Amazon River dolphins just burn into our heads now.
1: Yeah, well then there's like that little tiny dolphin that's very cute that's endangered. Um so I was hoping it was gonna be something like that, but no, that bottlenose dolphin, very like stock image picture of a dolphin is probably bottlenose dolphin. The Miami
0: dolphins, yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh let's talk people though. Uh Slovenia is a pretty small country. Uh land size about twenty thousand square kilometers, just smaller than New Jersey. So David, do you have a guess for the population?
1: Oh gosh, this is so hard.
0: Uh
1: I don't know. I'm
0: gonna say ten million. It might that seems like too much, but it yeah, yeah, it's uh two point
1: one. Last time I went low it was I was very wrong, so I was like, let me just be aggressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, not very big at all. Uh, pretty comparable to North Macedonia, who we covered somewhat recently. But Slovenia is pretty urbanized. You got a lot of mid-size urban areas. There's only two places with over 100,000 people. And that would be the capital, Ljubljana and the city of Maribor. Actually, Ljubljana has about 250,000 people. I always compare cities to Raleigh, just because I know Raleigh's got like four hundred to 500,000 people. I don't think it's very big. And then there's capital cities of countries that are just smaller.
1: Yeah, Raleigh's weird in general anyway, because like the density's not right. So it's like, this is a major city, and you're like, I don't believe you. No. And they're like, no, 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 they're just spread out. There's a lot of them spread out in this area, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's crazy that the capital is smaller.
0: But yeah, no, uh, I guess back to the people. Ethnically, 83% of the population are Slovene. And you got a bunch of minorities, you got Serbs, Croats, Bosniaks bunch of others too and the official language is slovene which is a slavic language but anyway history rundown because we mentioned slovenia's got a unique blend of cultures we'll talk about that you ready Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right yeah the roman empire slavic tribes moved in and eventually we get to the habsburg dynasty which later the austro-hungarian empire they control the land so unlike the other countries that were part of yugoslavia Slovenia was not under Ottoman rule. Now, late 1800s, idea of an independent Slovenia comes in. And then by World War I, that ends, Austria-Hungary collapses, and then the predecessor state to Yugoslavia is formed, called the State of Slovenes, Croats, and Serbs. They join with the Kingdom of Serbia, a bunch of name changes. We're going to skip ahead to after World War II, and Slovenia is one of the six republics in Yugoslavia. Then by the 1980s, Yugoslavia starts to fall apart. Slovenia was actually the most economically and politically stable of the Yugoslav republics, along with Croatia, and both of them declare independence on June 25th, 1991. Now, they did have a small 10-day war with Yugoslavia. Yes, there were casualties, but very small scale compared to the Croatian War for Independence. But anyway, today, Slovenia is part of the European Union, they're part of NATO, and they rank well in just about any measurement, you know, standard of living, GDP, all that stuff, they seem to be doing well.
1: Yeah, it seems like um, the place to be in terms of how they're running things, anytime standard of living is pretty, pretty good, you know? I feel like, you know, the United States is kind of high on some of those things, but in other things, we're kind of like pretty low. This is not a political podcast, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's a few things that I've seen in other countries. It like, eh, seems nice, nice views, seems like a cool cool place to be. Um, And a 10-day war is crazy i wouldn't have believe you if you you know i would not have guessed 10 days that's very short if you were like this it was a very short war for independence i'd be like i don't know a year less than a year no 10, 10 days is kind of crazy
0: yeah my understanding i mean again we're not history experts this is a sports podcast but i think yugoslavia is just like eh whatever we care more about croatia because they actually shared a border with you know serbia which at that point was yugoslavia
1: oh that makes sense India. it's like we can lose you that's fine just go just go
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's Slovenia. uh Let's get into sports, though. For the sake of flow, we're going to do the team sports first, and then we'll touch on the individual sports and those athletes. So, with that said, David, what's the most popular sport in Slovenia? It's got to be soccer, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of obvious one. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't think they play cricket there, so I feel like it's a pretty good bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when in doubt, you choose soccer, a.k.a. association football. But for the first time in a few countries, I actually know their domestic league and some of their clubs. Yay. So we have the Slovenian Pro League. It's a 10-team league. It's existed since 1991, because remember, Yugoslavia existed beforehand. Uh, If I were to rank all of the domestic European leagues by talent level, Slovenia's league is probably in that bottom half, but it's not bottom of the barrel. Uh, they do have a club, NK Maribor. They've played in the Champions League and the Europa League in the last 10 years. They don't progress very far, but domestically, 16 Slovenian League titles, and I really like their colors.
1: Yeah, the purple and gold. I feel like you like classic combination, but you don't really see it too often.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like every time we see uh, a purple logo, I always have to mention them. It's like, oh, I like purple and purple and gold. It does pop. Maybe we're just a bit biased because we have East Carolina in our state. Maybe. I feel like
1: purple is just a good color. Mm -hmm.
0: The other colors that I always point out, green, because you don't see it as often. So, of course, Maribor's main rivals are going to wear green, and that is Olympia Lublana. They're actually a Phoenix club, so that means they were formed after the original Olympia club folded, and that was due to bankruptcy in 2005. So technically, they don't share the same club history, but realistically, this is the same club.
1: Yeah, I guess this is the spiritual successor. Yeah. And they kind of took advantage of the situation and kind of was like, hey, we'll just take your your slot and your fans. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: But they had to start back down in like the fifth tier of the football pyramid and work their way back up, which they did really quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like their uh, their badges. Dragons are cool.
0: Yeah, so that's like the symbol for the city of Ljubljana. Uh, I kind of forget the reasoning behind it, but a lot of the symbols within the city, it's a dragon. Anyway, uh, Olympia Ljubljana and Maribor, they formed the biggest rivalry in Slovenia. It's called the Eternal Derby, which we've seen a couple times now. It's a cool name, but it seems like a lot of countries call their rivalry that. <laughs> but they've got dedicated groups of ultras. And keep in mind, these clubs represent the two largest cities in the country and they're in different parts of the country. So that's a good formula for a rivalry, right? Yeah.
1: I think the only thing that could maybe be better is like when you're the two biggest clubs and you're in the same city and it's just like, Oh, it's going to erupt every time. But uh, definitely a good formula for, uh, you know, a game that's going to kind of captivate the whole country.
0: Yeah. I should say uh, since becoming a, a team back in the first tier, Olympia Lublana has won league titles. But anyway, international football, I'll say women's national team is trending upwards, but they haven't qualified for a major tournament yet. The men's team, though, have they qualified for a World Cup in their short existence?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm going to say no, because it's kind of hard to qualify for the World Cup right now. Maybe it'll be easier later, you know, or it should be easier later. So I'm going to say no, not yet. Soon, though, I'm thinking. So they've actually qualified twice.
0: Oh, I was wrong. I didn't believe. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised, too. So their first major tournament was actually the 2000 Euros. But then they qualified for the 2002 World Cup and then the 2010 World Cup. They didn't actually win any games at those tournaments until the 2010 World Cup. And they beat Algeria. But actually in that World Cup, they were in the same group as the US and England uh, who made it through. So Slovenia didn't make it to the knockout stage. I don't know if you remember that
1: tournament. I feel like that's more embarrassing now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I paid a lot of attention to the 2010 World Cup, too. You know, they had like the separate video game for it, you know, and uh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, played that a lot.
1: Mm, I feel like I let myself down with uh, that answer.
0: Yeah, honestly, I I remember U.S. and England because I remember that game and I remember scoring uh, against Algeria. And that clinched our spot to the next round, I forgot Slovenia was the fourth team. <laughs> I'm sorry it's okay, it's okay did they did did they win any games? yeah yeah they beat algeria
1: okay okay okay
0: okay okay um so I'd say Slovenia they're a fine team. they can't really consistently hang with the big boys of Europe, and even among the best of the rest, I mean it's always a battle uh take euro twenty twenty four for example they've drawn the qualifying groups for that so this will take place between march and november of 2023 and i'd say slovenia has a really good shot to make it through they got to be top two out of six uh so the teams in terms of seeding it's denmark finland slovenia kazakhstan northern ireland and then san marino so really four team battle there for second
1: yeah it seems Doable. I think you can take a game. I don't know. Is it single round robin for this format? uh This is double. Okay, so really you just have to take one game off Denmark or Finland because those are probably the 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 bigger biggest choices for one and two. I think, um and then just beat everyone else and just have better goal differential against the team that you split with, and you're in. Yeah, not yeah. Too,
0: not too big of a task. Typically, you'll see with these groups, there's always going to be one that emerges as the favorite. And then you're going to have like three teams all within like a couple points of each other. So like one game difference. Is this the format
1: where uh, home games are less valuable than away games in terms of like if you win it?
0: I don't know what the tiebreaker is for this. I feel like, yeah, typically away goals is what they do the difference on. We'll just hope it doesn't come down to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. hopefully it's clear. Hopefully it's just yeah. a hard line. Tiebreakers aren't fun.
0: Yeah, they're not. I'll say Finland is the lowest ranked two seed, so that's why I think this is probably their be- Slovenia's best chance. But then I think Northern Ireland might be the highest fifth seed, so I hope it just doesn't come down to goal difference against San Marino being the minnows of the group. Oh, God, yeah, that would be awful. But again, March to November of this year, I think they've got five different breaks where they play two games apiece. So Euros is very exciting. There's a lot of exciting groups. Uh, I could talk about football all day. But let's mention a few players and then we're going to move on. So Bronco Oblak, first Slovenian to play at a World Cup because he was a midfielder for Yugoslavia in 1974. It's actually team of the tournament. Then we had Zlatko Zahovic, most goals for Slovenia and was a big part of their early 2000s success. But uh, last eight to 10 years, I guess I call this an unfortunate luxury. Your two best players, your two world class guys, goalkeepers. (laughs)
1: Mm. it's an important position but that's not necessarily where you need your best of the best ideally uh you can they can be the best of the best when there's you know a bunch of other really great players but it's kind of bad when that's your star huh
0: yeah i haven't two of them so uh samir Handanovic, he's 38 years old now he's still the captain for inter milan and then jan oblak he's 30 years old plays for atletico madrid uh hondanovich He retired from the national team in 2015, which was actually kind of young for a goalie. Like he was early 30s at that point because Oblak was seen as the future. I mean, they were both really, really good. I mean, Andanovich would be the starter for just about or he'd be playing for any national team in the world. Uh, Same with Oblak. Oblak was uh, in the conversation for best goalie in the world, period, regardless of country. So, I don't know. It, it is very unfortunate that their two best played the same position. Kind of forced one into retirement early for the national team.
1: Yeah, kind of a bummer. But um, once 30, you probably
0: have, what, at least 10 more years of time with him on the team? Yeah, I don't know who's going to take his spot. But that, that's the thing. Handanovic could have been, he, he could still have been the starting goalie if they didn't have another world-class guy come and take his spot. Uh, anyway, though, last player that I do want to mention is one on the rise. Uh, Benjamin Sheshko, nineteen-year-old striker. He's six foot five, and he currently plays for Red Bull Salzburg. Feel like we mentioned that club so often on this podcast.
1: Yeah, almost too often. It seems like a lot of talent runs through that club.
0: Yeah, a lot of the talent from the non-major uh, football nations. Anyway, let's move on to the sport that I think the average American knows Slovenia for the most, and that's basketball. And it's popular among all the countries of former Yugoslavia. And Slovenia, they've played at every edition of Eurobasket, which is the European Championship. Played at every edition since their independence. Honestly, I'm just surprised they didn't slip up. Because this is every two years they have that tournament.
1: Yeah, and like, just being that consistent for that long. Being good enough to play at the highest level, you know, in your, on your continent. Crazy.
0: Who would have guessed? And a, and a competitive continent, too. But 2017... That was the catalyst for their recent boom and why we really associate them with basketball now. So they topped their group at Eurobasket that year. They won all their games. Uh, France was in their group. They beat France, traditionally one of the better squads. In the quarterfinals, they beat Latvia. Then in the semifinals, they hand Spain their only loss of the tournament, and they beat them by 20.
1: 20 is not a low number. Like you, You got got in basketball if you lose by 20.
0: Yeah, I think it was 92 to 72. That's yeah. crazy.
1: That's <laughs> a stomping.
0: Mm-hmm. And then in the finals, they face off against Serbia, you know, former Yugoslavia, a bit of a rival there. And Slovenia wins 93 to 85 to become champions of Europe for the first time.
1: Yeah, that's a, a comfortable lead, too. I mean, you know, with this time running down, if you've got more than five or six points, it's like you should be able to finish. So winning by a who knows, probably got, you know, foul stuff at the end. But that's great. Took out some big names on the way there. You know, no one can say like he didn't deserve it, you know, because you didn't play
0: anyone. They went undefeated in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to win a big tournament like that, you got to have big game players. So tournament MVP was Goran Dragic. He scored 35 points in the final match. So, whew. But he's played in the NBA for well over a decade, most notably with Phoenix and Miami. He was their starting point guard. He even made an all-star team once. But the other player... To make the all-tournament team at Eurobasket 2017, he was an 18-year-old kid named Luka Doncic. So you don't even have to follow basketball to know this guy. He is so huge right now. Star player for Real Madrid as a teenager, gets drafted to the NBA, he wins Rookie of the Year with Dallas, and since then, he's made the all-NBA team every season. Likely going to make it again for the fourth time in a row this year, and uh... He's leading the NBA in points per game right now. Just so skilled, one of the most versatile players in the world.
1: Yeah, dude is absolutely cracked on the basketball uh, court. I think the only thing that's kind of kept him away from MVPing it recently is just there's just another stat freak that we'll eventually talk about. Not today, but you know, eventually we'll get to. That's just doing stupid stuff, you know. So it's it's such a bummer that uh, he's playing so well and he's he's a household name. You know, which rarely happens for well, it's getting more common now, but rarely happens for people in Europe coming over here to be like on the same level as our big uh, American players.
0: Right. I think there's been a bit of a changing of the guard in the NBA where honestly, the four best players in the NBA right now are not from the United States. Like uh, Jokic, uh, Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, and then Luka Doncic. And I mean, Jason Tatum's probably best right now for Americans, but uh, it's cool that NBA like basketball talent. We have so much from around the world right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's great for the sport everywhere. Like you imagine this is only gonna grow the sport even more in those countries. Um it's looking it's looking up, I think. I think basketball's gonna become a bit much bigger deal than it is already.
0: Yeah, yeah. Back to Doncic though. He was a big part of Slovenia's run at the Tokyo Olympics, if you remember that. It was Slovenia's first appearance in men's basketball at the Olympics. I mean, they beat Spain, Argentina, and Japan in the group stage. Then they beat Germany in the quarterfinals. And then I feel like everyone is rooting for him in Slovenia. They go up against France in the semis. Uh, They were down 90 to 89. Uh, Doncic passes the ball to Klemen Prepolic, who goes up for the layup with just seconds left on the clock. And in comes Nicholas Batum, blocked from behind. So Slovenia lose that game. And then they lose the bronze medal match to Australia. So they don't even get anything from the tournament.
1: Yeah, don't even get hardware, which is, you know, it's a consolation match, but it's still nice to win those and be on the podium. Yeah, big bummer. Um, We'll see what happens in Paris, I guess.
0: Yeah, or we're going to see what happens. The 2023 World Cup is, yep, this year. uh, Slovenia is going to be at that. Uh, I don't know how related this is, but also the women's national team qualified for Eurobasket for the first time in 2017. And they've gone to each edition since then. They're even going to host the 2023 Eurobasket. So yeah, basketball, it is blowing up in Slovenia.
1: Yeah, who knows what the future may bring, you know, in terms of more foreign players from Slovenia. It could be a very special next 10, 20 years.
0: Yeah, could be. This is the starting point. They actually haven't had any WNBA players from Slovenia. I'm sure there's professionals in... The european leagues but i don't i just kind of found that surprising
1: yeah i wonder i don't have any data on this whatsoever so it's kind of a silly question to ask and i don't know if you do but i wonder like if pay is similar and so it's like do you really want to commit to the united states do you really want to leave home that far you know i was about to say it i think pay might be better in some of those oh, countries okay. yikes so yeah it just seems like it might be in your best interest to stay
0: in europe yeah yeah well we're gonna shelve that topic for another time because we'd need to do more research on talent levels, pay rates of women's basketball. Uh anyway. Doncic, he's the poster boy for basketball in Slovenia. But they've got a really good one for ice hockey too. We've talked about him before, Anze Kopitar. Uh yeah, we mentioned him back in the NHL episode. It was a little while ago. Go listen to it. But he's the captain of the Los Angeles Kings. He's played for his entire career with them. I mean, over a thousand career points, two Stanley Cup championships, one of the best two-way centers in the league for over a decade, and 35 years old, still going strong. He seems like a lock for the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I feel like Ante Kopitar has kind of always been on my radar. I don't remember which NHL game it was, but there was one year where the Kings weren't very good, or the year before they weren't very good. And, you know, you do the, you know, be a pro and like, you're almost destined to end up on the Kings. and uh uh, I just remember just playing, you know, having Ante Kopitar at center, feeding me the puck. So, yeah, great player. Um, it's crazy. He's been with the only with the Kings. I feel like that never happens. And he has time. Only 35. It's crazy. He's been in the league forever, it seems. And he's only 35. Could play for five more years if he wanted.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's got another, got another year on his contract. So, he's at least got one more season after this one. I hope he stays his whole career with the Kings. Uh, it seems like, yeah, hockey players—they they more loyal than other sports. They stay with one team for their whole career, but then maybe towards the end, it's like, all right, now I'm going to pick up that one or two year deal with a new club and just be like a a role player. Like yeah, he's still he's still going really strong. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's like you know, then you can make the decision of, okay, I've made my career here. You know, now let's. Is there any team that needs like a fourth line guy who has a chance to win it all? Maybe you sign a, a cheap contract and see if you can get some hardware. Um, but he's he's won it once, yeah? The Kings have won... Twice. Twice, twice. okay, yeah. yeah.
0: So maybe he doesn't have to chase it.
1: Maybe just chasing paychecks at this point,
0: you know, at the end. Yeah, I mean, in Los Angeles, they were a rebuilding team. They're much better now. Uh, you know, playoff... I, I don't know if they're in a playoff spot right now.
1: They are second in the Pacific Division. So yeah, they'll be in the playoffs most likely.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, he's still... First or second line caliber type guy. So Okay, I'm going to say he stays with them his whole career. We're going to say that. You're calling it now. Yeah, calling it now. We'll check back. For his retirement party. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, national team-wise for ice hockey, Slovenia, they've played at the 2014 and the 2018 Olympics. And so ice hockey, they have the annual world championships. It's kind of like a promotion relegation type deal. Slovenia is... They're always on that cusp between top division and second division. And due to scheduling, uh, I don't, I want to say Kopitar doesn't play at those. I don't think like any of the NHL guys do. So uh, I think that speaks more to the depth of talent in the country. I'm just kind of surprised there's only been two Slovenians in the NHL ever.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, Kopitar is probably an outlier. And this is, you know, in terms of like just farm, you know, he's so good and he's been good for so long. Maybe. They just need more time to cook, you know, but I feel like he's been there long enough to inspire little kids to try to play hockey you know and and to get good at hockey, so who knows
0: yeah uh, i'm sure there's some sort of reason if we asked around and tried to find out all about slovenian hockey's situation. I do know he's a big guy he's like six foot three two hundred plus pounds, and he was just dominating the Slovenian League as a sixteen year old I think he led the league in points and then was a Swedish coach found him like he already had tabs on him and he was like okay you're good as a prospect we're gonna move you over to a different league and now you're on nhl radar i don't know i feel like if you find you strike gold once in a country like that just keep going back right yeah yeah you'd think but one thing i want to mention about the slovenian domestic hockey scene olympia lublana they have an ice hockey team and they play in the international central european hockey league AKA the Ice Hockey League. That's a callback to Austria's episode. <laughs> the ICE Ice Hockey League. <laughs> yeah, what an abbreviation. That perfect branding. We could keep going about team sports forever. Like handball, volleyball. The Slovenia's had success in them. Like they've had handball clubs win the European Champions League, both men's and women's. We just don't have time to dive into every single sport because there's a lot of individual sports that deserve it too, namely skiing. That's a big part of why we're covering Slovenia this week. The FIS Nordic World Ski Championships are going on right now in Slovenia. If you're unfamiliar, we've talked about uh, skiing before, way back in our Austria episode, but there are two main categories. You have Alpine and you have Nordic. Alpine is the downhill type of skiing, like slalom, the downhill event, uh, super G, that sort of stuff. Nordic, includes cross-country and ski jumping. So Slovenia, probably more associated with ski jumping, but they do all the forms of skiing. Would you ever
1: do ski jumping, David? Uh, no, it doesn't seem safe for me. I think I would die. Uh, there is nothing you could do to convince me to get on that ramp and go down and jump. I, I, I Nothing good would happen. Um, no amount of training. <laughs> uh Someone would die you know, it would be a, a news story of someone just dying in a in a ski jumping event. I, I think you have to have some sort of uh daredevil aspect to you. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta be in a ad- adrenaline junkie. Yeah, yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind. Something's gotta tick in your brain a little different than the average person, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get to some of those people in a just a bit. Like there are so many different skiing competitions. You got the annual competitions, you got the biennial competitions, then the Olympics every four years. And you break it down to all the different disciplines, it's a lot. But the one skier who seems to stand out among all the rest from Slovenia is Tina Maza. She's won multiple Olympic gold medals, multiple golds at the world championships. But the annual World Cup is the one that I want to highlight. So Alpine Ski World Cup, it's a yearly circuit or tour. You know, you accumulate points throughout the year doing various races across all the different disciplines. Mazza won the 2013 World Cup. She won 11 of the 35 races that year, which is a lot for one person. Uh, The thing is, she won a race in all five of the different disciplines that season. So downhill, slalom, giant slalom, super G, and the combined event. Usually, skiers are going to excel at one or two of those, usually like lean towards speed or technical events, and they're going to rack up all their points in those and just kind of do whatever in the others but only four people have ever won all five events in the same season. Mazza being one of them.
1: Yeah, that seems absolutely insane because I imagine there's some type of, you know, downhill is probably just pure, pure speed. And then you, you yes. know, slalom is speed too. you know, you have to make adjustments and then johns yeah, it, it gets more intense, more intense, more, you know, you have to be clean with your, your cuts and stuff. It's just, that is
0: always really impressive to be good at everything. So at the end of the season, yeah, you have an overall winner, but you also have winners in each of the disciplines. So in that season, she finished finished first in the Giant Slalom and the Super G and finished also first in the Combined Event and then finished second overall in the Downhill and the Slalom. So like really close to winning first overall in each of the disciplines. I don't think that's ever happened before, and that would have been absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it would
1: have been filthy. It would have been disgusting. Would have been, <laughs> it, That would have to feel so bad because, you know, you probably know going in. OK, this person very good at these events, good at other ones, too. But, you know, my chances are in these other events where they're weaker and they finish second. It's just <laughs> like there's no hope. There's no hope.
0: I mean, I'm not super in tune with the world of skiing, but I've seen a lot of people say that this is one of the best individual seasons. Um, she only won one World Cup title. Uh, right now we're talking about Michaela Schifrin going down as one of the best ever. In the United States. Uh, she's won four World Cup titles, I think on on her way to winning her fifth. But I, I think even she hasn't had a season just straight up dominating like this one. Anyway, moving on to ski jumping, we established it's something that we would never do. But Slovenia does it and they do it quite well. So a lot of the longest jumps ever were done at Planica. Uh, it's where they have one of the largest hills for the sport. And Peter Preps. Uh he actually had the world record at one point for ski jumping. He was the first person ever to jump two hundred and fifty meters that was done in Norway, not at planitza two hundred and fifty meters yeah, yeah. I've got the picture for the hill for you there that
1: that's so far that's yeah. that's that's too far to be in that's too too long to be in the air two hundred fifty meters uh, that's what how many feet is that like at eight hundred and twenty feet yeah that's insane
0: the world record's been broken by a couple meters i think it's 253.5 right now
1: that's okay so not counting end zones that's 2.7 football fields yeah that's so far that shouldn't be that shouldn't be doable you know like that shouldn't be possible i can't even imagine being in the air that long, because you it's got to be multiple, like, tens of seconds. Like, you're in the air for a long time. And then, you know, sticking a landing
0: 800 feet away from where you started, from where you came off the platform. Yeah, so if you look at that image, like, yeah, you see the white ramp. But then if you look at the very top, there's a tiny white ramp. That's where they're actually going down and yeah. jumping off of.
1: <laughs> I, I just, that's so crazy.
0: Yeah, um apparently ski jumping... That's the name of the whole broad sport, but then it's ski flying these really big hills that are designed for these long jumps. You're you're flying. You're not jumping. You're flying. <laughs> Falling with style. Falling with... I wear Buzz
1: Light earrings <laughs> constantly. I just... I don't know. I... That's just so far. And you, your form has to be good or you're going to eat it. You know? Like, that. you're off a little bit. You're getting a, a mouthful of snow. And I can't imagine it's soft. I can't...
0: Yeah. <laughs> So a cool thing though about that hill, I saw this on YouTube before, they have these Red Bull sponsored uphill races, so when it's not covered in snow, they had a thing called the Red Bull 400, where it's just, you're racing up the hill, Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those before, but apparently they do it at this place in Slovenia. That sounds like the most intense calf workout you could do. Like, running up a hill to the point where you have to use your hands- (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: anytime you're on all four, I feel like that's when you know the the incline is too much. That's when you know. Uh,
0: Yeah, ski jumping, bit of a daredevil thing. If we want to know a true daredevil, so Davo Karnichar, first person to completely ski down the Seven Summits, which is the tallest mountain on each of the continents. So yeah, he skied down Mount Everest, first person to do so.
1: Oh gosh, I just... I don't know what that is. I don't know what bone that is, but I don't have it because you go so high up and you just are basically slowly dying until you get past like that certain level.
0: Yeah. um, I watched footage of a guy do another mountain in the Himalayas. I forget which one, but because the ridges are just so narrow, it's like being on a knife point where your skis are just hanging off on each side. You're going down like sideways. Nope, not that's not for me. I read a New York Times article about this guy. There are so many dangers involved. I think he lost fingers to frostbite. He had a friend lose basically all his toes to frostbite, doing all these adventurous things. His brother died in like a accident when they were training for something. And then you're still having the will to do this kind of stuff. I'll link it in the description, listeners, if you want to read about it. There's more to it because this article was written after his death, he didn't die doing the adventurous stuff. There's a cruel twist of fate. We'll, we won't talk about it here, but link in the show notes. Moving on, though, we'll bring things to a safer level here. Cycling. Uh, so, Primaj Roglic, first Slovenian to win a Grand Tour event. So, in cycling, that's the Tour de France, Giro d'Italia, and Vuelta a España. He won the 2019 Vuelta actually won it again in 2020 and 2021, so 3 times in a row. But 2020 Tour de France. He had the lead for so long in this thing, only to lose it on the second to last stage and finish runner-up to his fellow countryman, Tadej Pogačar.
1: That's uh that's a bummer. That's not how you uh <laughs> that's not how you envisioned it. I guess at least you knew after the second to last stage, I I guess that's your consolation prize. It's like, okay, it's impossible. I can't win. But man, being so close, and that's kind of not to say that the Spain version isn't impressive. It's just the Tour de France is the Tour de France, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. The The thing is, Pogacar, he was, I want to say, 21 years old when he won. He was still listed as a youth racer, but he won it. And then he won it again in 2021, runner up in 2022. So yeah, the Slovenian has won the Tour de France, won it twice now.
1: Great for Pogachar, you know, and back to back is insane. And then, you know, almost winning it again, you know, three times. It's got to be a little, it's got to be even more bittersweet for uh, Roglic. Is that right? Roglic. Yeah. It's got to be a little more bittersweet for Roglic. You're like, Ken, you just waited one year. Let me have this one. Yeah. Uh, who would have guessed? Slovenia.
0: Great cyclist. Not me. It's also the age difference there. I think Roglic is in his early 30s now. Pogachar is in his prime. <laughs> oh, true. True. He could, I guess, yeah, this year he could, he could be a favorite. Mm hmm. There, Look, there are a lot of other individual athletes that we could mention. A lot of more sports that we could dive into. But we've got to wrap this up at some point. So let's end with the Olympics. As an independent nation, Slovenia has 52 medals. And that comes from both the summer and the winter games. There's no single category that they've dominated at the summer games. But winter, as you can guess, skiing in general. <laughs> we already mentioned Tina Maza. She has four total medals at the Olympics with two gold. So she's Slovenia's most successful Olympian while they were an independent nation. But if we go back to when they were part of Yugoslavia, Leon Stakel had six medals as a gymnast in the 1920s. So technically he'd be the most successful.
1: Uh, would he also like, was he from the area that would have been?
0: Yeah, yeah, he America, was, yeah, he was Slovenian, yeah. I mean, Slovenia had a lot of medalists during the time as Yugoslavia. I think in general, though, most Yugoslav athletes were from present-day Serbia.
1: I will say, if you're trying to wreck multiple, you're getting a lot of hardware. It seems like gymnasts and swimming just seem to be the ones you should pursue if you want to try to get a lot of hardware. Um, But it's great. I feel like when countries have success at the Olympics, you know, it really means a lot to the country. And I'm glad to see that Slovenia has had multiple successes. And we're not running into those situations where we're still looking for our first medal,
0: period, you know? Yeah. I mean, two million people, not a whole lot. And then You've got a ton of medals, golds, too, at both summer and winter. I mean, Paralympics, too. Didn't even mention them. Wasn't really a standout athlete for the Paralympics, but I wanted to highlight Matea Pintar because she won gold in table tennis, and I just think that's a cool sport.
1: I feel like any time I, I watch a match, it's always just like they get so far out and they're just hitting the ball and it's going so fast. I don't know. It's it, Watching good table tennis players is kind of mesmerizing.
0: Yeah, and it's a different vibe, too, because in her case, she's in a wheelchair. So it's less of moving across from side to side of the, the tables like we see. But uh, I guess more reflex based with the arms. It's still impressive. Cause table tennis, the speed of the ball and the reaction times. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could do it at that level.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like just getting the ball over the net and hitting table, it's so easy to just, like, you know, whack the ball and just, like, send it off, you know, into <laughs> out of bounds or whatever. So I uh, the control, and, like, I guess it's just top spin, too, constantly. But, mm-hmm. like, I've tried to do it, and I am very bad at it. So, mad respect.
0: Yeah, for sure. But we're going to wrap it up there. That's sports in Slovenia. Tons of star athletes and a whole wide range of sports. Got the conventional stuff, and then... The extreme side of sports, too. But one sport they don't play is the one that we're covering next week. David.
1: That's true. We're hitting a very big event in a sport that you love probably the most. Yes. I don't even know if it's a probably. I think I think it's confirmed
0: at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a major world event for a certain sport, mainly big in America, but growing in a lot of other countries. Uh, week after Next Country Profile covering one of the countries at said tournament. So you'll just have to tune in to next week and tune in to every week to know what we're covering next.
1: That's true. You don't have a choice. You must listen to all the episodes. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Um, As always, if you want to help us out, share us with people you think would be interested in in the podcast. Um, Give us a a follow, a like, a subscription, whatever you can do on your platform of choice. As Bobby said, we'll be here every week. We'll always be here for you with content. So uh, tune in. Who knows where we'll go next? If you want to reach out, uh, we have contact info in the show notes. Hit us up. Tell us what you want us to cover. If you if we did got things right, if we got things wrong, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, bye. Bye.